Hey, what's going out there, you banana heads? And if you thought that I was cutting it close on Tuesday, well, I've got news for you. It's currently 12.25 on Thursday. So, based on editing and rendering time, I don't even know if I'm going to make it in time. Welcome to my brain. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm embarrassed. Oh my god, it was the funniest article I've ever read in my entire life. I watched a couple of compilation videos on YouTube. I've got it all figured out. You're listening to the No Big Banana Podcast. Welcome back to the No Big Banana Podcast. My name is Charles, and this is the definition of scrambling at the last minute to get everything done. Hope everybody's having a good Thursday. Just want to make a quick note before we talk about D&D, because that's what we're doing on Thursdays now, don't you know? I know that I said that I'm not going to be that political, but I just have a couple of comments based on what's currently going on in the news. Trump is floating the idea of delaying the election. Call me crazy, but I've been saying this for weeks. I've probably been saying it for months. COVID is going to delay this election. We are not going to have it. And now that it's been put out there, that's what's going to happen. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, that's absurd. That would never happen. They would never delay an election for the president. I mean, that would be a that would that, that would go against everything that we are as a democratic republic. False. Incorrect. We're in a different world now. Half of the country supports that idea. Ask your friends. Ask your friends that are Trump supporters. Say to them, do you think that it would be unconstitutional for the president to delay the election? And at the current moment, they would say, no, it's, it's no big deal. You have to realize that half of, this, half of the country would be okay with that. So when you say stuff, it drives me nuts. I have, I have liberal friends that say stuff like, oh, well, I guess the right is just okay with Trump being a dictator. As if the right is going to say, oh, no, 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 we're not okay with that. They're okay with that. Here's another example, by the way. I saw this thing the other day. This was on First Coast News on Facebook. This was just like a local paper. And yeah, I'm sure that they have somewhat of a liberal bias, as most things in the media do. But I don't even remember what the post was about. It was something completely unrelated to what I just said. But anyway, somebody posted in the comments. This is the thread of comments. Somebody says, no, we can't let them get away with this. They're wanting to set up to build a martial state. And then a person responds to that and says, ha ha, good. And then the original person responds and says, wait and see how funny it becomes. And then the person responds, they're coming after y'all, not me. Now, I just posted a thing about this on my Facebook not too long ago about the whole first they came for the communists and I said nothing because I wasn't a communist and then they came for the socialists, etc. I think that that's a really relevant quote right now because I don't know if you've opened a newspaper or gone online in a while. But federal agents are pulling up on people in unmarked vehicles and yanking them in and driving away to who knows where. And that's alarming. It should be alarming to anyone, regardless of your political affiliation. I don't know, things are just weird right now, and I guess they're going to continue to get weirder. Oh, what else is going on out there? The world has gone totally fucking nuts. All of the stuff about COVID, I don't understand why these things have become so political. You know, the other thing that I don't understand is why people are so aggressive right out of the gate. Like, I have not ever heard somebody say, like, well, actually, Karen, um, 
I, I was looking at this and, and, you know, maybe you have something, maybe you read something different, but I read this and just wanted to see what you think. It's never that. It's always like somebody posts something on Facebook and they're like, I think it's a great idea to wear a mask. And then there's a comment on a comment from somebody and they're like, I think that you're a piece of shit and you should die. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> we're starting right there. We didn't even go like there. It, it's not even like. I'm just surprised to see so much aggression from people so immediately. There's no buildup anymore. Like, I felt like there used to be a buildup. I used to look at Facebook threads and it would, like, start, like, semi-reasonable. Like, the conversation or the, 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 the debate or the argument, it would start, like, somewhat reasonable. And then, like, it would devolve into, like, name-calling and swearing and saying crazy shit. Now... It just starts there. It just starts there. It's like the person in the comments saying, like, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. Like that. If if there were ever a quote that just, like, encapsulated the conservative party, the Republican Party, is they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I have a lot of liberal friends that are, like, screaming about, where are all of these Second Amendment people who say they have to, you know, the, that it's our job and our responsibility and our right to protect ourselves from a tyrannous government? Why aren't they saying anything about these people getting disappeared in Portland? And it's like, the short answer is, is that those people in Portland aren't them. You know, most people, whether they're Democrat or, Democrat or Republican, I'll just say this, in my experience... Most people's values and concerns stop and start at their front door. And that's it. And that's as far as it goes. And that is definitely the case for the Republican Party. People like that, people are like that in general. And in my experience, if they're Republican, they're definitely like that. They don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about the guy down the street. They don't give a shit about the lady in, you know, across the country. They care about themselves and maybe their family. And that's it. So when shit starts going down and people start getting swept off the streets, do not look to those people to support you. The whole essence, I think, of those people is that those people are saying that it's your responsibility to protect yourself. Also, don't at me and get all upset if you're a conservative. I very much doubt if you are a conservative, you're even listening to this. But if you are, don't get so bent out of shape about those kind of comments, because like I said, I think that that's true of everybody, not just conservatives. I think that I find it more often in my conservative friends and family than I would in my democratic friends and family. But, you know, that again is just my personal experience. It's not statistics across the board. Obviously, I'm not like a political scientist. But with all of that nonsense out of the way, let's talk a little bit about D&D. So we played Airships of New Auto last night, and that was super fun. I'm really enjoying that campaign. Um, and Studebaker Peppercorn is just a blessing. He's super fun, because all he really cares about is shoes. And he just kind of does his own thing. Also, I think that he's chaotic good. Um, and, you know, the other characters are really cool, too. I think I'm actually going to use a lot of the storyline that we're doing in this to as the basis for the anime that I'm writing. I mean, Tantor is definitely going to be in there without a doubt because he's one of the more fun characters I've ever played. Also, I've got to get myself this timer because if I don't know what time it is, then I'm not going to know what time it is. You know what I mean? I mean, shoosh, it's 1228 and we're knocking this thing out one minute at a time. 
So um, the 5e campaign has been fun. The Western was really fun. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch the Western one shot, go check that out because it was super awesome. And I did horribly. I didn't get to do really that much of anything cool, save for like uh, disguising myself as a train conductor. But the, the campaign itself was really fun. Justin did a really great job of telling the story. Man, I just have too much to do, really. You know, when it comes down to it, I think that's what it's. I think that's what's going on. It's just too much that I've got. That I've, I've, I've got. To, I've got to, too many things. Too many things, and I'm just doing my best. Working on the album. That's happening. I'm going to be going into the studio this Saturday, actually, to start that process. Technically, the process has already been started, but to I should say to further that process. But in the world of D&D, we're playing the Airships campaign. Um, if you didn't watch the Western campaign, check that out. And next week, uh, next month rather, it looks like it's going to be the 22nd. We're going to be playing the Wicked Packs campaign. Um, now let me say a little bit about Wicked Packs because I am really taken aback by how cool this is. So it is a modern day game of magic created by John Barfield. I didn't realize this, but evidently Jay and his wife Jane, who if you don't know, Jay plays Lance in the videos. And his wife is uh, does our set decoration and she does a lot of work with our merch and she's a big part of the channel. So um, evidently Jay and Jane met this guy at a con uh, and he gave them the book. So he's been wanting to play it. I gotta I got say, it does look pretty awesome. So this is the story. This is just the first like little bit of the story they have. I'm in my best suit in the worst part of town and the rain is coming down like judgment. It slices off the street signs and broken window tenements. Bits of urban detri detritus? I don't know what that is. Detritus? I don't think I've ever seen that word. Cigarette butts, plastic bottles, burger wrappers drift by in the flood. A sudden rat bounds across the empty street, its body splashing in the current. It makes it to a stoop and hauls itself up the stairs, sheltering from the storm beneath the overhang, while it stares out into the delud into the it stares out into the deluge with beady eyes. If it weren't for the rain, I know I'd look like a mark. I'm dressed for a cocktail function, but the storm has transformed me. My blonde hair is plastered in flat locks against my scalp and my dress pants and jacket look like they've been fished out of a lake. I have the hungry, desperate look of a businessman on the fall, and that's what makes me sure Wade will meet with me. I'm the only warm body sitting under this bus stop awning, and I know there can't be many cameras in this part of town, but it's still a good ten minutes before he shows, peering out of the doorway of a basement apartment and then dashing through the downpour with a piece of ratty cardboard held over his head. He's got on a ratty gray t-shirt with a faded American flag, and his cargo pants are ripped at the edges. He's carrying a flip knife clipped to the inside of his left pocket, and he walks with his shoulders haunched in a way that suggests both a dog on the prowl and a dog that's expecting to be kicked. You're lucky I'm here, he tells me, skipping right past the introduction, flinging aside the sodden piece of cardboard. He sits down on the bench opposite me. He's about 19 or so, and he's, his skin's the sallow pale of a white kid who doesn't see the sun more than once or twice a day. You need your medicine, old man? I've got at most 11 years on him. Wade doesn't like to be laughed at, though, and he's one of the few dealers in this area that isn't put off by me, so I manage not to snort, if only barely. I'm looking for something different, actually, I say. Something new, something uplifting. You got anything you can prescribe me, Doc? Wade digs in one of the cargo pockets, then pauses. He looks back up at me warily. You're not a cop, right? You've got to tell me if you're a cop. I'm still not a cop, Wade, I tell him. I wasn't last time, I'm not this time, I don't plan to be next time. You can never be too sure, he says, a touch defensively. I roll my eyes, but I let it be. I know I give off a weird vibe. 
People like Wade, people who stay in business because they keep their intuition sharp, have a way of sensing it. The rain is loud, giving cover to our conversation, but Wade still passes me the plastic baggie discreetly, and I keep it screened against my body while I study it. Red powder, an eighth of an ounce in total, rests at the bottom. I have no guarantee that it's anything more than just dyed talc, but Wade has been the type, hasn't been the type to rip me off, not when he thinks I still have a long way to plunge and a lot of money to shed before I hit rock bottom. And anyway, this is what I was hoping he'd show me. What is this? I ask, since that's what he expects me to do. Wade gives me a look like he can't imagine how boring old people are. It's bliss, he says. Raises you up high, makes you invincible, then smooths you out. You want to try a pinch? Not really, I think. I trust you, I say, but there's a slight shift in my tone. Wade hears it. Look, he says hastily, I don't dip into the product, but I've got tons of repeats on the stuff, okay? Customers love it, and it's healthy, man. This isn't some Walter White shit that'll make your teeth fall out. This is some fair trade, locally sourced, artisanal eco shit. Only reason it's not being sold on the open market is that it hasn't gotten certified yet. His eyes get suddenly shifty, and I could tell he knows I've overplayed his hand. He doesn't actually know what's in the bliss, and that makes two of us. How much is it, I ask. Wade licks his lips. It's selling like fire, man. How much, I repeat, all emphasis on the second word. I didn't come all the way to this part of town on short notice, ditching out on cocktails at a raunch U fundraiser, just to get the runaround from a kid whose only real knowledge of economics comes from a YouTube video. Forty for what's in the bag, says Wade. That's with my discount for a first-timer on the stuff and for being a reliable customer. Don't be a hard-ass. I remind myself that Wade doesn't know anything about me. If he did, he'd think twice before trying to pressure Sale to move drugs. I peel two damp 20s out of my wallet and stuff them into his open hand. The baggie with the red powder vanishes inside my suit jacket. If I need more, I can reach you at the same number, I ask. Wade gives me a look that says, not if I change it, but aloud, he tells me, you know how to find me. I nod. He's right about that. More right than he knows, but I didn't let him dwell on it. Snatching up the piece of cardboard, I position it over my head and stalk into the rain. Wade shouts something after me, but it's lost in the downpour. Okay, well, I mean, that's probably pretty important, right? The thing that he said? So, the reason that I read all of that, gang, is because that is the, uh, this is a game that we're going to be playing on the 22nd. Um, and from what I understand, I, I, for some reason, I thought when I first saw this thing, this Wicked Pax game, um, it's a tabletop RPG, obviously, similar to D&D, and I, I'm assuming that this book serves as kind of like the PHP um, and everything that you need as far as being able to make the characters and tell the stories. From what I understand, it's more of like a detective noir, which obviously, you know, based on that narrative, certainly seems like it. But let me see what the, what the actual book says here. What is Wicked Pax? Wicked Pax is a story of our world, a world magic never left. It is a story of the street war that festers in every city, in the slums, and the subway tunnels, and the penthouses, dragging angels, mages, demons, and other beings into the fray. It is a story of backroom deals, drug sales, entangling alliances, lightning bolts, and 9mm parabellum. It is a story of those who cling to the law, and those who only care for power. But most of all, it's a story about you. Uh, you decide how far you will go to protect humanity from the unseen. You choose between loyalty and valor, or a place among the immoral elite. You kick down the doors of cultists, you analyze the mauled bodies that are found during the full moon, and you trace the demon-tainted amphetamines back to their lab. In the secret war, you are the thin line between order and bloodshed, between survival and discovery, between those who abide by the old laws and those who have entered into wicked packs. 
yeah so this sounds pretty awesome just looking over it briefly um it seems like there are a lot of similar traits from D&D. it looks like there's you've got hit points and magic points you've got skills and spells it talks about character creation um it looks like you get it looks like instead of races you pick bloodlines which is pretty fucking cool so you've got angel blood pure blood demon blood half blood yeah i think i might go half blood right like harry potter that's the way to go. That's the move. And then you've got your attributes. They seem pretty standard. Carrying capacity. Effects of Major Arcana. Oh, shoot. They've got tarot cards in here, too. That's pretty cool. I know a bit about those. Just a little bit. But this looks really fun. I'm really, like... I have to say, the one-shot thing has really opened a door for me in the sense of, like, playing other games. Because, you know, I picked up 3.5 back in 2005, 2006... 2005, late 2005. Um, and that's pretty much all I played for, you know, gosh, we probably played a decade before we really kind of like stopped. Didn't play 5e until we started the Wii Play. The Wii Play was the first 5e uh, campaign that I'd ever played. And look, you know, 5e is okay. Obviously, I have my grief, my, my, my gripes about it, my complaints about all of the fun stuff from 3.5 that just isn't there anymore. Some of the skills are just... Let's let's take a look. Let's take a look at the 3-5 skills versus the 5-E skills. What's not there anymore? I know I wrote an entire song about this on my album, but still. So there are things that just aren't there anymore, like appraise. Why is appraise not there? How would you appraise if you wanted to in 5-E? What would you do, like insight? I don't know. There's just, I feel like there's too much time spent doing that too that's another thing i've noticed with 5e there's there's it seems to be a lot of time spent on like well if you wanted to do this what would the check be and it's like well if this were if this were three five you know there would be a check for it because that's just how three five rolls there's tons of skills and there's all kinds of checks for everything and 5e not so much the case you just kind of have to like and you know some people might argue like well that makes the game more yours you know that gives you more customization in terms of being able to how to do the skills and stuff i don't know i just find it highly annoying um i don't know what we're going to be doing for our one shot in september but i know what we'll be doing for our one shot in october because i'm dming that um and i don't think that i want to do that actually on halloween I'll see what everybody else wants to do, so probably not. Probably going to be doing that on the week before Halloween, on the 24th. But who knows? Maybe people will want to do it on Halloween. It's going to be a 3-5 campaign. It's going to be Gestalt, and it's going to be set in the world of Nightmare City, um, which, I mean, technically that's set in the world of Juxtapos, which is the giant world that I'm creating for the Chaos Thrives Within campaign, which has been put on the back burner just because I have too much stuff going on. I was just talking about that earlier. I have way too much stuff to do. Um, so much so that I also <laughs> I also have a script that I have to write this afternoon because we're going to be shooting in like five hours. So this is pretty much just how I roll. Was anybody else like that? Um, I was like that in, through my entire school career. I would never do homework. I would do homework like five minutes before class if I did it at all. I don't know what that's about, putting things off to the last minute. Maybe I thrive. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I thrive under pressure. Like I said last episode, I think that that's just how I operate in general. That's just the way that I do things. I've maybe I feel like I can't get things done if I'm not like pushed up against the pushed right up against the deadline. It could be the writer in me as well. 
but that's just kind of how it's been going lately. Things have been good for the channel. Um, you know, we've gotten some great sponsorships. We're getting better sponsorships. And more importantly, we're getting more specified partnerships. So what I mean by that is, like, we obviously have some of the sponsors that just want to pay us a la carte for us to do the ads. But then we also have these other companies who want to kind of create more of a long-term relationship with some, like, networking stuff. I don't want to get too much into that because, you know, I don't want to violate any kind of terms of anything. But just want to put out there to let everybody know that things have been going very well for the channel as of late. Hopefully that means it's going to be able to let me to get out of my part-time job and kind of shift focus back to doing this full-time. Because if I'm doing this full-time, I can get a lot more done. Notably, I can make sure that the podcast is ready and available before, you know, an hour before it's supposed to go up. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the Wicked Packs campaign. I think that's going to be super fun. I don't know. At this point, I'm just kind of running out of stuff to talk about. Man, it sure would be nice if I had anybody else to talk to on the podcast. Wouldn't that be awesome if there was like, man, I wonder if I could think of who who would be good to be on the podcast with me? Because because right now I do it alone. So so this is a podcast that I do by myself um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't know if you knew Um, it would be cool if I had somebody else to do it with, but I'll have to think of another person. And then, you know, more importantly, that other person would have to come and do it with me. You know, they couldn't just say, like, sure, I'll do your podcast and then never go. Hmm. Anyway, I'll think about it. But, dude, now that I'm looking at it, there seem to be even more skills in Wicked Packs than there are in 5e. This is going to be super cool. I'm excited for Jay to DM this, and I'm excited to play it. And I really can't wait to do my 3-5 Gestalt campaign, because that shit is going to be totally out of control. But that's just, you know, how we got to do... Oh, you know what that means. Those are the symbols of freedom. And when I say that, by the way, it's symbols. C-Y-M-B-A-L-S. Not S-Y-M-B-O-L-S. Symbols, like the drum kind. Symbols of freedom is stuff like... Uh, an eagle or like an American flag or like a jet flying over your house and making a bunch of noise those are symbols of freedom with the S symbols of freedom are the beginning of this outro because it means that I'm done and I did it, oh and I did it again coming in under the wire so make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at NoBigBanana and send us an email at NoBigBanana at gmail.com And hopefully, next time you hear from me, I won't be all alone. Just being lonely. Have a great weekend.